0: You okay there? Jesus. I think I hurt someone. This is Ed Warren here with Lorraine. All right, let's get started. Residents of Brookfield were shocked this afternoon by the broad daylight murder of Bruno Salls. The court accepts the existence of God every time a witness swears to tell the truth. I think it's about time they accept the existence of the devil. Whatever is going on, whatever happened that day, that was not Arnie. It's a witch's totem. We think your family was cursed, and that connection still broken. I'm only interested in reality. But I can see things that your people can't. Something terrible happened here. Master Satan is not an adversary to be taken lightly. She's doing it again. She's reaching out to the darkness. Lorraine, you need to come back. Is saving him worth everything you have? Because that's what it may very well cost me. Welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, I dive into the world of The Conjuring for the third installment, The Devil Made Me Do It, now playing in theaters everywhere and streaming also on HBO Max. You'll get my thoughts and my review coming up later on in the main event of this episode. But first, I wanted to tackle a couple of little news bits that have happened in the last two weeks first two specifically that have really like made me mark out uh because i'm a huge fan of these properties the first one that i want to talk about was the tease i don't want to say teaser trailer but it was like a 10 15 second video tease of the upcoming season of cobra kai season four which i believe is probably going to be at the later end of this year if not for sure right at the beginning of next year because season three of course dropped earlier this year in january um and it was, uh, a tease of a certain character that is going to return to the Karate Kid universe. And it made me jump with super excitement. So let me, let me set the stage for you. So the Cobra Kai Twitter account, I believe it was, uh, put out a tweet, uh, I think it was like last week. I forgot what day it dropped. And it was like a direct message. It was like a screenshot of a direct message. And it was asking a question saying, does anybody have like a, like a hair tie? And right away, like all the hardcores know, the hair tie, the, the chongo for us Mexicans, uh, you know, ponytail, that could only mean one person. That's Terry freaking Silver. Yes, folks, they teased him in that 15-second video. Uh, he had his back to us. Um, classic lines from the Karate Kid Part 3. And I know the Karate Kid Part 3 is one of those sequels that has been like, dismayed by all the critics it's been bashed uh it's not really beloved me myself personally being a huge fan of this franchise i actually like part three a little bit more than part two so if i had to rank them it'd be like the original part three and then part two like that's how much i like it and one of the big reasons why i like part three is because of this character terry silver who i've said and i've stated this on social media and i'm going to say it on this podcast this guy, Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith, is, like, a top five villain of all time for me. I put him up there with the Darth Vaders, the Jokers, the Hannibal lecters you know, whatever you want to call it. He's up there. He's super cheesy, like, conniving, like, charismatic, like, you know, this guy, like, you want to see him, like, get his. But also, like, he's got an edge to him, like, kind of, he's kind of, like, badass. And that's what Terry Silver is. And, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be returning officially for season four, um, the show has been very smart about planting seeds about people's returns so they did it like you know in the first two seasons with with Elizabeth Shue's character um of Ally. you know they teased that perfectly and they paid it off here in the third season so um in this past season they did a backstory on crease John crease who's like the evil ultimate villain of, of karate Kid right he was the 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 master in part one with Johnny Lawrence and all that stuff so you've had all their story play out But we never really got a sense of where this character came from, how he became to be. I, for one, saw this to be a little bit of the the downside of season three with the flashbacks. Got to be a little bit too much with the, especially with the Crease character. Like I like him as is. Like don't humanize him. But it turns out like it was really more the origin of how Cobra Kai came to be. Not really so much Crease. He's yes, you you see his upbringing, but for the most part, it was the origin of Cobra Kai. So okay. In, in that sense I understood it but still kind of a little bit of a downer but what was teased in that flashback story throughout that season was this one character that was associated with Crease, and he never really had a name like you know because if they had flat out said S- Silver or Terry Silver or any any combination of that it'd be right away like it was a dead-on giveaway but what this show does smartly is that You know, it plays... It plays with your emotions a little bit. Like, okay, maybe it could be this guy. That could be Terry Silver. Or it may not. And, of course, like, you know, it was mentioned in the Karate Kid Part 3. That these guys had, like, a history in Vietnam. So, of course, maybe he... Maybe it was him. You know, like, it has to be, right? Like, and and us fans could speculate that and assume that. But the the way the show presents it and the way the, 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 you know, the writers and the creators of the show, how they do all that stuff, they... They layer it to make it seem like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But, you know, okay, so, so all that's explained, right? So we got that, that, that little Twitter post from the DMs and whatnot, and it mentions of the hair time, like, oh, that's, that's Terry Silver. It's, it's gotta be Terry Silver. And lo and behold, the next day, the 15 second teaser comes out. Oh, I am so pumped that they put out this right away that he's gonna be a part of the season. Uh, I can't wait to see in what capacity, you know, Um, What I love about Cobra Kai is that it's also expanding on the mythology and also goes in some ways that you don't expect. So, you know, I'm not going to like try to speculate or try to assume what's going to happen with this character. Who knows? Would I love to see the the same Terry Silver that I saw in the Karate Kid Part 3? Absolutely right. Top-notch villain. But if they decide to go a different route, maybe he's evolved. Maybe he's grown a little bit. Maybe... Or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll wait to see what's presented for me. But either way, I'm super excited that that's been confirmed. So now we don't have to speculate or try to guess, well, was he talking about Crease or was he talking about another guy? Because, of course, the end of season three, John Creese makes a call to somebody, and we all assumed it was Terry Silver, and now it looks like that's going to be the case. But who knows how the story's going to play out? And that's all I'm going to leave it at for me. Until I see, like, a, a little two-minute trailer that they're going to put out at some point, and I'll get, you know, even more pumped for that. But other than that, I'm not going to try to guess what they're going to do because I trust the creators. I trust what they're doing with this show. They've had three seasons in the docket, and I've loved what they've done with this story. So wherever they take it, and of course they have this all mapped out. So uh, I can't wait. But who knows when it's going to drop? I'm I'm guessing it's going to be towards Christmas time because they're already wrapped filming. So all they got to do now is edit and all that stuff and post, and all that stuff. That's actually the hard part. Of, of filmmaking and all that stuff. It's the post editing and all that stuff. If you've never done it, please don't even, you know, if you don't have the patience for it, don't even try it. And I, cause I promise you, that's where all the magic happens. So however long that takes, and then, you know, they get it ready for, and I'm sure Netflix now, um, given how popular it's been on their platform, I'm sure they got a little bit more of a, of a, you know, timeline, you know, they, they got like a, a due date, so to speak right i'm sure they have their the the pressures been put on them more to have their episodes ready to deliver because the, the way i've seen netflix is like you know they usually have like for example fuller house like i remember that dropping like in like spring of that year right of whatever year it was and then like towards like the fall like around Christmas time, Thanksgiving, like they would drop the second half of the season. So I'm kind of thinking Netflix is kind of going to be like that with Cobra Kai where they'll give us, you know, the first half of the season um, earlier like they did this year in January, and then they're going to have the second half towards the later part of the year. And then it'll go back into flow how this show originally aired on YouTube uh, Red was that it came to us like in the spring. So I'm thinking one season four wraps, like I think by the, by the time – Time we get to, to the closer of season four release, like they will already start to film season five. Like I'm thinking that's how it's going to be. Like Netflix is going to be real quick on it. Give them a, a due date and they're going to have to be a little bit more quicker, but it's television. I'm sure they've gotten the hang of it. Um, and again, the creators have everything mapped out. So this is going to be, uh, super easy for them to, to get everything coordinated. So I, again, I'm super stoked that they've officially announced Terry Silver. I can't wait because the real pain is about to begin. So that's it for that news bit on Cobra Kai. The next thing I want to talk about is that Sylvester Stallone has officially announced a release date for the director's cut of Rocky Four, which is titled Rocky versus Drago, which is going to be coming out in theaters. I'm so excited about this. I hope we get it. It's going to be November 11th, and it's going to be in 4K. So I don't know if that means it's going to get released in 4K, like on a home video, like... 4k disc which of course i'm a huge fan of physical media so i'm really i'm actually really hoping for the entire series to be on 4k like come on guys what's going on with that i don't know if the amazon deal changes things because now amazon uh owns the rights to mgm they bought them out so now they own james bond and rocky and all that stuff so you know maybe there's going to be a little pump the brakes on on 4k releases or maybe they'll just be released through amazon i don't know but Yes, November 11th, Rocky 4, the director's cut, Rocky versus Drago. Uh, gonna be looking forward to that. That's gonna be a nice little treat on Thanks, around Thanksgiving time, and then Top Gun Maverick will be right around the corner, so it's, it's gonna be a good November for Palace. I, I can't wait. And the last thing I wanna talk about before we get to the Conjuring and the main event of this show, is that I dived into the first episode of Marvel Studios' new show, Loki. Now, I had to watch this twice, okay, so, I watched it uh, the day it premiered, so I woke up early, I had to I had to go to work like at 7 or 8 in the morning, so I woke up like at around 5, right, and I tried to watch it, and don't get me wrong, it's not that I didn't find it entertaining, but I, I think it was still like, I was tired from the night before, so as I was watching the episode, I kept dozing in and out of it, and again, not because it, it wasn't entertaining, just I was so out of it, so I, I knew I couldn't rely on that first watch to really give a, an idea of how i felt about the show so i i i before i hopped on to to, to record this episode i rewatched it and i got to say i was i was really impressed um wandavision had more kind of like a what the fuck is going on um kind for the first episode falcon and winter soldier was kind of like oh this is boring it looks like the same old crap eventually it got a little bit better but probably the least uh, favorite of, of what's been going on so far Because I still have WandaVision up top for the most part Even though it got wacky towards the end But this first episode of Loki Has you hooked right from the start With everything that's going on So basically it picks up Right after If you've seen Avengers Endgame When Loki picks up the Tesseract And you know vanishes out of uh, the timeline in 2012 uh, Of the first Avengers movie He shows up in this Uh I don't know. It, it, this, this show is going, it looks like it's going all over the world and all over different time periods. So it's going to be kind of like a Legend of tomorrow type back, uh, get more Avengers Endgame, more, more back to the future type stuff, messing with timelines and all that stuff. So this is going to be cool where they could get a little weird with it. Um, so obviously in WandaVision, the standout of that show was Elizabeth Olsen, her, her magnetic electrifying performance, which really should garner like Emmy consideration if, if it, if they're, gonna go that route i mean she really did a fantastic job and she was the heartbeat and what made that show go and really made it what it was uh the falcon and winter soldier you had the standouts of uh gosh white russell as uh what's his name god i mean i see that's how forgettable like falcon and winter soldier kind of was like, you kind of forget the names of these characters but anyways the appearance of of Wyatt Russell and Daniel Brule as Zemo. Those were the standouts of that show that kept that, especially the Zemo character really brought a lot of life to it and really made it more interesting than it, than it should have. So that was the MVP for that show. Now as we turn to Loki, like Tom Hiddleston is great as that character, but you know, it's kind of like the same thing with him. You know, he does that same laugh and ha 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 ha. Like we've seen that over and over again. But I think Marvel did another great casting job here in getting Owen Wilson, who's like the, the second lead in this show. And he's kind of going to be like the, uh, this is going to be like a true buddy cop show, I think, where we didn't really, we were teasing that with Falcon and Winter Soldier, where it's going to be like lethal weapon at odds, kind of like, you know, jokingly buddy and all that stuff. But that ended up being a little bit more serious than it needed to be here in Loki. You have elements of like the seriousness, the drama, but you got those like, these bidding, you know, war of words with these two and them trying to understand each other. So, Owen Wilson looks to be the standout of this show, and I'm really looking forward to where they're going to take it. You know, it's wacky and wild, like just get weird with it, right? Like, try some different things. Don't do the don't do the exact same things. So, a couple of standouts in this show, this first episode in particular, is the introduction of the Time Variance Authority, like, and that's basically. People that make sure that the timeline stays the way that it's supposed to be. So basically Loki taking that Tesseract and vanishing out of thin air air and out of the 2012 Avengers movie storyline, it really sets everything out of whack so that that draws huge attention to him. And he's taken into custody. And, you know, there's this whole explanation about the timelines and how many different versions of it there was. And there's these people called the Timekeepers. And, again, this is getting into this weird... Marvel where it's gonna get into all this space shit that may be too much for some people, including myself, where I'm like, okay. It's a little bit out there, but as long as it's explained to me and not not treating me like, oh, like you're you what, you didn't read the comic book? Then no, motherfucker. Like I wait for the I'm a movie guy, I'm a visual representation, like don't treat me like an idiot. Like you can explain stuff to me if I didn't read the comics. It's pretty easy to do that. And they do that in this show and they explain the whole uh existence of the multiple multiverse and timelines but the, it's, it's explained perfectly and i i could get into all the details but you should really watch this show because I, I think it's going to be the the most fun and the most ambitious out of what they've done here uh with these marvel series even though we've only had two of them and of course black widow is going to be coming in a few weeks so everyone's attention tension will go to that and then i'm sure loki will gain more steam as we get closer to that movie but yeah great start to that show and, uh, I can't wait to see where they're going to go with it. And, and again, it's nice to see Owen Wilson back. He's pretty much almost like, uh, he's a safe bet as far as like entertainment wise. Like I, I really am rarely like ever bothered by him. Like, oh man, like Owen Wilson again. Like there's some stuff like back like in the early 2000s where he was like the lead and I'm like, okay, that's a choice, but you know, he's, he's entertaining enough. And, uh, he, he really did some good stuff here. Um, my favorite of the episode is, of course, the, I'm a, I'm a stickler for people sitting in the, at a table with a chair and just having conversation, you know, a la heat in the diner scene. And it's just, uh, the character of Loki and, an Owen Wilson's character. And he's just trying to get a real understanding of what the motives are for Loki. Like, he's really trying to get at his core. And, and I like that, you know, trying to not so much humanize him, but just, trying to understand like what are you doing all this shit for like he gives him like a whole like you know greatest hits marathon of everything that he's done in the mcu and he's like what are you doing all this shit for like you know so some really fun dynamic there and i hope they explore that more and again this looks to be more buddy cop but add in all the wackiness and and all the weird shit so great start there for the loki show this is the one i was looking forward to the most for those of you i think i hate all the marvel shit um, I actually don't but again I have to reiterate myself because people still come at me all the time when I don't like something of theirs you know I'm not some mark I can uh I can judge you know unbiasedly and but I'll, I'll give Marvel their props like this is this is a great start to it and it's going to be six episodes that's fine for me this doesn't need to be super long and I'm sure they got a, a nice little way to end this thing because most of these have been miniseries series. I don't know why people are thinking like there's going to be multiple seasons of WandaVision or like Falcon and Winter Soldier like immediately after Falcon and Winter Soldier ended they announced there's going to be a Captain America 4 so it's like I don't, people that are getting the whole it's like yeah they're going to turn this into like a, a whole series like now they are mini series they're they're, a little, they're they're testing it out so we'll we'll see how it goes but I'm thinking this Loki won't be like a multi-season show it's going to be it's going to have a beginning middle and end so throughout the 6 episodes I'm looking forward to it good job All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, the main event of the show, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, my thoughts and review coming up. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. What do bodyguards do? Let's go blow some things up. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, rated R, experience it in an IMAX June 16th. Welcome back to the show. And the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, or Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard—I forgot exactly what it's called. I don't know if it's got the the or if it's got the the drop. If I were like, you know, this is my, the Justin Timberlake and Social Network in me coming out, drop the the. It's cleaner that way. Um, special showings of that movie start this Friday and Saturday, and then I think it hits theaters um, next Wednesday can't believe that movie's going to be an IMAX man they'll just put anything in there now I remember IMAX used to be reserved for like the very very special movies like if you had the IMAX attached to it it's like oh shit this is gonna be a big deal a Friggin' spiral was in there a few weeks ago but so it's now it's like whatever it's kind of lost its you know specialty but whatever I digress um it's time for the main event of the show folks my newest movie review and uh i really should have two i was gonna check out um i checked out the conjuring right and uh i was gonna i was gonna check out the new mark Wahlberg movie there's a new mark Wahlberg movie but here's the thing folks it's on paramount plus so it's barely had any marketing or anything like that you know usually and this was going to be a theater release but you know paramount plus they need subscribers they need viewership to that application so yes they sometimes might put movies that would have been like a big screen presentation and they're gonna put it on the on the app just like that so now will people know about this movie i'm gonna check it out still just to see what it's all about. i don't even i haven't even seen a trailer for it and i think paramount plus only released like a little clip of it so i don't even know what it's about but but it's got mark Wahlberg, so he's always another i don't want to say always a safe bet but his movies for the most part are pretty entertaining he had one on netflix I never saw it, but at least that Netflix put it out there that there was a Mark Wahlberg movie coming out. But this is a big Paramount Pictures movie and it just dropped on the app like nothing. This this was my fear all along with like streaming. And this is proof right here because I'm sure nobody knows about it or at least not enough people know about it. Right? Because Mark, usually Mark Wahlberg movies get, you know, some pretty good box office numbers, decent. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg does everything action, comedy, drama um so you know this is a gamble on paramount plus but i'm gonna check it out or (laughs) maybe it is a streaming type movie where it's like oh this really is low quality but it's from director antoine fuqua who's like uh you know he's directed training day he's directed a lot of interesting movies over his career so it's not like it's from a nobody so i'm gonna be interested to check that out but uh, i was hoping to have that ready to go for this pod but uh, you know, I gotta, gotta release content, gotta keep up, and there's, there's just so much stuff to watch and not enough time. And I've been working like crazy. The movie theaters are, are back in full swing. We've had two crazy weeks with A Quiet Place Part 2 and Conjuring back to back. You know, I, I live here in South Texas, so our demo is pretty strong for the horror genre, and those movies have been killing it. Um, should be interesting to see how this weekend goes, cause another movie that's kind of targeting the latinos and the hispanics and it's got a lead in the role is in the heights now will it bring in the type of business that a quiet place part two and and conjuring has done these last two weeks i highly doubt it but i am expecting it to be the number one movie in america this weekend uh musicals you can't go wrong with that those have done pretty well in the last couple of years you know you look at movies like la la land the greatest showman you know, there's, there's an appetite out there for for musicals. So the combination of that and where I'm from in South Texas, the the combination of the Hispanic community getting more involved with a character that's in the leading role, which we need a lot more of. There's not enough movies out there in Hollywood starring Latino actors. So that that's that's amazing to see. And musicals, it, it, they're hit and miss with me. And I saw the runtime for this thing; it's about two hours and forty minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why? I don't know if I'm going to be able to sit through it. So, um, maybe next week, uh, you'll just be getting a, a review of, uh, the new Mark Wahlberg movie, which I'm sure is coming in under two hours. I'm guaranteed at that. So yeah, sorry for those expecting a review of In the Heights or if I get enough responses on social media, maybe I will watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, should be, should be interesting to see at the box office this week and how it does. Hopefully it turns into a strong hit again. Um, I'm so glad that people are coming back to the movie theaters and droves to see big, you know, Hollywood pictures. Um, and, and it just it looks like they're going to be just keep coming week after week. So that's not only good for my industry, but it's good for this podcast because there's going to be content coming weekly. So that's awesome. But anyways, on to the main event of the show. I checked out The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I checked it out on HBO Max, folks. Yes, I know I'm a big advocate for the movie theater experience, but I'm going to give you my reason why. And I've and I've said this plenty of times, and I've teased it in a lot of previous episodes. I'm not about the jump scares, folks. Like <laughs> I'm a wimp when it comes to that. Like I, I'll, I'll, it's not that the content scares me; it's the jump scares. It's the out of nowhere, like where you think something's going to happen and then it's a fucking cat, and it's just it's there to give you a cheap. You know thrill in the theater which I get a lot of people get off on that I'm not about that when it comes to my movies there's some of them that I will brave in the theater I did it for the it movies because I, I found the first one to be really interesting and there was a lot of hype and buzz about that and then I you know I braved enough for the second one um, I saw the first Conjuring movie in theaters with a with a crowd uh, because there was a lot of hype for that movie and the build up towards it like the marketing was really awesome. The trailers were excellent the use of music and all that stuff it just it it ushered in this whole new generation of bringing horror back into the mainstream and making it a popular thing the conjuring really did bring that back you know And, and horror has kind of been like a sure like a sure thing at the box office these days so um that was a big part of it now i believe this is the eighth or ninth movie in this like little universe outside of the marvel cinematic universe which is you know obviously the the total dominance of Hollywood. This is the second best one, right? As far as like a, a success, like all of these movies, whether you li- like them or you hated them, they make money at the box office. So this is like the eighth or ninth one, but the third uh, Conjuring movie overall. So like I said, I've seen the first movie. never saw the second one. Um, and I know they're all connected in some way because it's it's a universe. Everything has to connect now. But as I watched this one, um, uh, I felt it to be a little more standalone-ish and tried to be a little bit more different in terms of just being the typical like haunted house i mean of course there was the whole demon aspect of it and you know i mean there's only i feel like there's only so much you could do with this you know the demon stuff and the possessions um the, the interesting thing though is how you how you try to make the movie different so i think with this one and i've heard a lot of people talking about it before i watched it just to see what they thought about it and of course, you always get... You, I get this from everybody. It's like, what do you want out of a horror movie? Everybody all the time, like in, in every one of these that I've seen, uh, or even like, you know, a Halloween or something, or even It, and people come out of it and they're like, ah, that wasn't scary. It's like, well, like, what? what is... I, I'm really curious for the audience. Like, what is scary to you? Like, what is it that you want out of a horror movie that's just going to scare the living shit out of you? Because obviously it ain't going to be like demons or whatever, because we've had, I don't know, how many of these movies already... And they're all somehow about demonic possession and that doesn't scare you. You know, a serial killer doesn't, doesn't scare you. Uh, A a clown doesn't scare you. Like what, what is scary to you guys? I don't know. I don't get it with all these horror fanatics and and they're just never scared of anything. So it's like, what is it going to take? Like what movie, name me your favorite scary movies that actually scared the shit out of you. Cause I could tell you movies that scare the shit out of me. You know, the shining scared me as a kid. Um, you know, I look at alien movies, like signs and the fourth kind. Those movies scare me because I'm all about the fear of the unknown. You know, aliens, that's the most unknown thing, like, that there is in this world. And to even to this day, like, and even now in the present, like, we're, we're getting, like, reports out there of, like, UFOs and stuff like that. And, like, everyone's kind of just, like, being whatever to it. But I'm like, dude, like, we don't know what, what the fuck is flying out there. Like, what are you, are you kidding? How does that not scare you? Like, I don't know. That's just me. But anyways, to this movie, uh, so it try to be a little different. Try to be a little bit more like of a mystery and kinda of like a uh true detective, like they're solving the case or whatever. Um I, I really like uh Vera Farmiga and uh Patrick Wilson in these roles of Ed and Lorraine Warren based on real people. Now how true these stories actually are, they're probably super fabricated. This is Hollywood. Everybody does this so you should really take with a grain of salt how true these stories are because some of the stuff that happens in this movie is like a little bit over the top and it's like dude come on like really like um but overall the movie is okay like i'm sure like the the jump scares worked in the theater for this because i could sense when they were going to happen here because here i can lower the volume right on my television so i don't have to have that loud Ah! out, out of nowhere uh so but you know good direction in this movie uh it was directed by give me a second here to look it up i have it here on my desktop michael chavez directed this movie and it was from a story from james wan who started this whole deal and you know i still really like the first conjurer movie that was i think still that one has yet to be topped even though i haven't seen the other ones but gathering from all the information i've gotten from certain people like all throughout this since this universe has started like it's really been hard to top Uh, the first conjuring movie Uh, and this one was okay like you know like i said there's only so much you can do with it but you know people as long as people pay money and these movies continue to make money they're gonna they're gonna keep making them so i'm sure the warrens have so many cases out there that they can turn these all into movies i'm shocked that it's not like a netflix series or an hbo max series where they you know they're doing 10 episodes a season and each case is different I think that's where the real money is for for this conjuring uh for them for the continuation of the Warrens even though I'm all about the, the theatrical experience It's just that there's I think there's so much you can do like story-wise and tap into all these different you know cases that these Warren characters have have gone throughout the years um because I think you're going to burn out the audience if you keep presenting it as movies and they they did the smart thing here, which is a lot of movies are starting to do is that they're not putting numbers anymore on their, on their sequels. So this easily could have been titled just the conjuring three, but no, it's called the conjuring. The devil made me do it. It gives it, gives it a little subtitle just to, to spice it up, even though it's kind of like a generic title. Um, so, you know, see, that's just proof in the pudding right there. Like studios don't want to put numbers anymore behind these, uh, unless it's an animated movie, cause those are usually surefire bets. Um, they don't want to put numbers anymore on these sequels because they know if an audience sees a number on it, they're going to be like, damn, there's friggin' like nine of these, which is one of the things for Fast and Furious. But Fast and Furious has kind of, you know, you like those movies more because of the characters, not really so much of the ridiculousness that's going on around it. It's the, the characters that you've grown to love. So you can stand them for another movie and another movie. That one has kind of turned episodic. Um And I'm looking forward to Fast 9, you know, but, you know. Movies like that can get away with putting a a number on their sequel, you know. But a lot of these other movies, they got to get creative. and They got to put little subtitles just to throw you off that it's like the third movie in this series. Which this is what the Conjuring is. It's the third movie in this. So there, there's only so much you can do movie wise before it gets you, you know, all tired out. But anyways, it, it's a it's a watchable movie. If you're not into the horror stuff, I get it. It's a pass. Go ahead, skip it. But did you know if you're, it's the movie of the week, you're out on a date or whatever. Yeah, it's a good date movie and you can hang on tight to your, to your loved one, your significant other. I had my little shit at work where, <laughs> so there was a guest who asked me, or I asked them like, Hey, what are you watching? And they're like, Oh, the scary one, the conjuring. And I was like, Oh man, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do the jump scares. I'm a wimp. I'll admit it. She's like, Well, don't you have like a significant other or a wife, someone you can hold their hand? And I'm like, <laughs> no man we don't she's like oh that sucks for you like you know the just damn it that just ruined my mood but you know for those of you that do have significant others you can hold on tight and you go watch a horror movie and you know be all lovey-dovey and you know just hug each other while the scares are happening um why not go spend some 20 bucks to go watch this movie on the big screen or at home it's a good date date night in um, to watch so that's streaming right now on hbo max it's available i believe through july 11th if you want to watch it there i think it's going to take a dive in the box office specifically because of how i'm hearing people react to this movie they're kind of just like whatever all the diehards it's one of those movies that's front loaded where everybody's going to come see it on the first weekend and then it's going to really quickly die out so um that that bodes well for in the heights um, and quiet place part two is actually holding up pretty steadily. It, it was neck and neck with conjuring this past weekend. So I'm expecting that to hold pretty well. Um, and then I believe like in the next month or so, uh, it's going to debut on paramount plus. So that, that's, that's the deal with paramount. I think about, I believe it's like 45 days theatrically that we can keep the movie and then it's going to go straight to streaming. And then of course it'll be available on blu-ray 4k and all that stuff. So. Yeah, The Conjuring the Devil made me do it. Uh Eh, three out of four. But most movies you're going to see in your life are a three. And that's how I rate my movies from one to four. It's a three. It's fine. Like, I can move on. Could I revisit it? Sure. Like, it was entertaining enough. The Warrens, the actors that play those characters, they're entertaining enough. Would I watch them in another chapter? Yeah, the, as, long as, it's, uh, as long as it's available for me to watch at home. I don't know if Warner Brothers is going to keep doing this. I, I, I'm pretty sure this is like a one year deal, but you know, maybe with certain movies, they will do the same day and release in theater and at home. Uh, but otherwise if it's just a theater thing, eh, I'll wait till it's on home video. Can't do the jump scares. I don't give a damn if you, if you mock me for it. I don't care. I'm a wimp. I'll admit it. It's okay to admit when you're scared of something. I don't, I don't like those jump scares in the theater, folks. I don't like it. Uh, but that's my movie review of the week. Let's take one final break. We come up. When we come back. Uh, I'll wrap things up here. This is Palace off the top rope. We'll be right back. Uh, brothers by blood. Are you ready? Been a long time, don't. You? Is you ready, huh? A brothers by life. Whole spot ready. Ready. Is you ready, huh? I came here to take you down, little brother. That's your mistake. Are you ready? Oh. Is you ready? ready? Tell me you're not thinking what I think you're thinking. All spot ready. 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 Welcome back to the show. And F9, the Fast Sock, is going to be coming in a couple of weeks. And it was revealed yesterday with a new, like, teaser poster that the next Jurassic World movie titled Dominion is going to be having its first exclusive look when you go see that movie in theaters. So that's going to be something a little extra for audiences to go check it out. I know Fast Nine is already available, like, overseas in China and all that stuff. So I'm sure the movie's been bootlegged a little bit, but. I think this movie's going to bring out a good crowd, especially where I'm at in this part of Texas. It's exactly for our demo. I'm expecting this movie to do huge numbers. Um, and I, I put out this little theory. Uh, and it just came to me a little bit uh, a while ago. And I posted it on social media. So check this out. Dom, Monique Toretto from The Fast and the Furious, played by Vin Diesel. Jurassic World Dominion. It's happening, folks. I'm telling you. The crossover... Of all crossovers. You know Chris Pratt's in for the idea. I think even the Fast and Furious creators are in for it. Fuck it right. Let's get wild. We can take movies where movies can adapt and evolve. Why can't we live in a world where we have a Jurassic World and Fast and Furious movie all in one. And uh, real quickly, like I'm excited for Jurassic World Dominion. Not only because... Um, they're bringing back the original characters like Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, and then, and, and Ellie, played by Laura Dern, and of course, Jeb Goldblum is back as well. Um, I didn't like the first Jurassic World, which I thought it was just a, a rehash of Jurassic Park, and it was just done very poorly, and the characters were dumb and all that stuff, including Chris Pratt, and everybody, everybody in that movie, was like, it was just, wow, 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 wow. But then I watched, um, during quarantine, I watched Jurassic, or not quarantine during uh, snowvid earlier. If you live in South Texas, we had that horrible winter storm. So during snowvid, I watched Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, the follow-up to Jurassic World, and that was actually pretty good. That was a good sequel. Like I was really, really entertained by that movie. The characters were a hell of a lot better. The supporting characters were way better than the first movie. So it built up more. It build up back goodwill with me. So they're back on track. And now you're going to combine actors from the original movies and it's just I, that's going to be the biggest movie of the year next summer like that that's like a, that's like kind of like a, a build up right you got like the new generation and the old generation all building up for this huge you know earth you know dinosaurs taking over again because that's how fallen kingdom left off right with the dinosaurs taking over the city and all that stuff or about to invade the city how our are, are, humans and dinosaurs going to coexist on this earth it i'm i'm really interested interested to see where they're going to take this story and of course our first glimpse of that movie and i'm sure there'll be something online first but i'm sure there's going to be something exclusive only for the theaters and in imax of course so you're gonna to have to go see f9 and imax to see whatever special footage or scene that they're going to show you from the new jurassic world movie dominion um that's going to wrap it up for this episode for this week, um, coming up, I got my spinoff series, the 90s films turn 30. I'm going to be tackling uh, Mannequin on the Move, which is the sequel to the Andrew McCarthy movie, Mannequin. So we'll see how my rewatch goes on that one. And maybe I'll have a guest for that one, maybe not, depending on how our schedules work out. But that'll be coming next week, so be on the lookout for that. That'll be dropping first uh, in the upcoming week. And you can follow this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace Off the Top Rope. Hit that follow button. Um, I do share this podcast through my social media links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the app there for Podbean. You can listen there. Um, If you're a big Apple person, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Palace Off the Top Rope and leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it um i've I've put it everywhere iheartradio amazon pandora Um, i'm working on some other platforms that they're making available for me so yeah i'm getting it out there as much as i can so you can have access to it and you can listen to past episodes this is episode i believe 112 or 13 that i'm on already including uh all of my spinoff shows that i've done um thank you so much for listening I, i really greatly appreciate it and i'm I'm happy to be doing this podcast and I will continue to do it as long as people listen. So, And I've always said, if I have even like three to five people just listen to the show, that makes me the happiest person in the world. So thank you for those that have given me compliments on the show. I really appreciate that. Got some nice ones this week and they mean the world to me. So thank you so much for joining me this week, guys. Have a good weekend. God bless you.